Good morning, Yom Rishon, Parshas Ekev, Tovshin Pei Gimel. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Alochas, Yoredeya, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Mila, Halacha Hei. We're in the middle of paragraph Yud Zion. We're up to the subparagraph, Vezeh Bechinas Maimar Aviyahu. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ir Nishmas, Reb Moshe Menachem Ben HaChover Chaim Eliyahu, and Lili Nishma Soisha Yentefrad Lobas Rabbi Shuaryeh, Hareni Kapras Mishkavo, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chavivachana Bas Galia, Pesia Bas Chayester, Leib Ben Jenya, Yocheved Bas Levana, Daniel Yeshua Ben Yentefrid of Lima, <coughs> Shlomo ben Rivka Sprinza, Necha Rochel bas Hindaleya, Fruma bas Genesia, Chaim Tzvi ben Vairaleya, Yosef ben Mazel, Yehudis Nechoma bas Miriam, Chaim Yitzchok ben Chanarivka, Akiva Michoel ben Sora Huva, Dvora Gila Simcha bas Chava, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba and her newborn baby boy, Avigal Brocha Bas Shiret Voira, David Leib Ben Shena, Yaakov Gershon Ben Sorachana, Yosef Ben Simcha, Nisim Ben Rivka, Chaim Arye Ben Brocha, Chaim Ben Rachel, Soramaya Bas Sipora Rivka, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rachel, Idis Bas Miriam Bridal, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, Gitigan Endel Bas Sipoira, Levalea Bas Sipoira, Aviv Ilan Bas Yuspendel, Sorocho Bas Yuspendel, Yudis Ruchama Bas Chavarus, David Ben Behia Shendel Bas Lea, Besoich Shar Choyle Yisrael. We're in the middle of a discussion about a Ger, a Ger who wants, a non-Jew who wants to convert, and that it requires a bris milah, it requires dipping in the mikvah, it requires a bezin of three judges. That's what we spoke about last. <coughs> and now Rav Nosenzal takes us into a little bit of a deeper place. With this we can relate. We, we mentioned earlier, we mentioned earlier that the three judges correspond to the three categories of the Midas of Hashem, Chesed, Din, and Rachamim, the three Kavim, as they're called, the three channels. And, and now Rav Nosesal makes reference to the famous Posach Eliyahu, Patach Eliyahu, that many people say before davening, during the week, or especially Friday evening, Sheshom Mevoyer Umuvon Lamaskil Kol Inyin Habitulanal. If you study that piece of the Tikkun Ezra carefully, you'll see that it's speaking about this concept of this beetle, of us being able to nullify ourselves completely to Hashem, and it speaks about the vessels in which to be able to receive Hashem's infinite light. And these vessels are created through a process of going up and coming back down. As it says over there in Pasach Eliyahu, 
it defines Hashem as one, but usually by us, when we say one, we know that it follows that there's a two, three, four, five, and one is the first of several. When we use the word echad about Hashem, <clears throat> that's not what it means. There the word one means uniqueness. He is the only one of his type. He is, he is the, ult, the epitome of oneness and nothing else like him. Antu ilo al kol You are above the most the things that are highest. Stima dechol stimen. You are more hidden than anything, than the, most, than the greatest hiddenness. Less machshava tisa There is no mind that's capable of grasping Hashem. This, all of this terminology <coughs> is what a Jew is experiencing when they have their bet bitol. They're connecting to something infinite. Sheshom kuloi echod. A person's connecting to a place of complete oneness. Vishom hakol sosum venelam. And over there, everything is completely hidden. And there's no possibility at all whatsoever of being able to grasp, be able to grasp the infinite, the infinite Hashem. All of this is in the category of Rotsoi, going up, rocketing up to this highest of places. Bitul, Shehu Bechinas Bitul. Afterwards, in Patech he begins to speak about the coming down. Shehu Masha this is what it says over there, unto the Apikas Asa Tikunin. You are the Hashem who produced the ten Tikunim, the ten, the Korin Anlohin Eser Sphirin, and you call them the ten Sphirois. And he goes on to explain there that all ten spheroids are divided into three categories. One is long, one is short, and one is intermediate. The, the right side is referred to as longer, the left side is shorter, constriction, and the middle one is, is, is the middle, in the middle. Shehem Bechinas Hashloisha Kavin. These are the three channels Chesed, Din, and Rachamim. Kamuva, as is brought in Sifrei Kabola. Chesed is Chachma, Chachma, Chesed, and Netzach. Givura is Gvura, Bina, and Hod. And the middle one is Das, Tiferes, and Yesoid. And Malchus is on bottom, Malchus is called all of them. Question? Why are you using Rachamim, Chesed, and Rachamim, or similar? We touched on this in the previous year, that usually we think of Rachamim as another word for Chesed. But technically, it's not. Technically, Rachamim is a combination of Chesed and Din. We see it in the word Rachamim. The word Rachamim can be split in two. Mayim, it has the word Mayim, which generally is Chesed, Meimei HaChesed, that's the terminology that's used, and Reish Ches, 208, is Bigematria Yitzchak, Bigematria Pinchas, which is Din, Gvura, Judgment. And this is the concept of the three judges that are needed in the process of conversion. 
And this explains also why the Gemara in Shabbos makes a point of saying that everything about the Torah is three. The, the Gemara says there, and in the third month. Blessed is Hashem who gave us a triple Torah, which is the, the Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim, and he gave it through the third, Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the third child of his family, in the third month, Nisan, Ir, Sivan, etc., etc., and to a nation that's divided into three, Kohanim, Levi'im, Yisraelim. Ki kol ha-Torah nimsheches mehorishimu anal, because the entire Torah is coming from that Rishimu, from that light that Hashem sends down from that super high place. And we have to draw the waters of Torah from there, through the vessels, and these vessels are, are divided into these three categories, these three channels. So much for the, the uh, stratosphere, back down to earth. And with this, we'll also get a deeper insight to the three weeks that we just completed recently. That's when we mourn the destruction of the Beis And then Hashem consoles us with seven weeks of consolation. When we mourn over the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, we're not mourning something that happened thousands of years ago. We're mourning about the fact that we today are so far from Hashem that we're not able to do this beetle the way we really should be doing it. And to look at the tachlis, to look at that highest place, because of the incredible destruction that has taken place. Because the location where a person was able to do this beetle properly was in the Beis Hamikdash. Shehu Geoin Uzenu Mahmadainu, as it's defined in the Torah, that it's the glory of our strength and it's the, the beloved of our eyes, the thing that all eyes of the Jewish people look to is the Beis Amikdosh. and as it says in Melachim, when Shlom Melch built the Beis Amikdosh, Vahoyu Einai Valibi Sham. Hashem said, My eyes and my heart will be there in the Beis Amikdosh. We don't have a base Amikdash, so we're not able to do this beetle the way we used to be able to do it. Because regarding this topic of beetle that we're speaking about, there are many different aspects to it. In all three categories that the world is made up of. The category of level of creation, of which man is the highest, the category of location and time. Because the holier a person's body is, the more a person purifies themselves and gets to higher and higher levels of Kedusha, 
that person will be able to achieve this beetle in a stronger way, and be able to draw down waters of Torah from that beetle, from going up to that incredible high place. Because that person has vessels <coughs> that qualify to be able to receive. If, the, if you have a keli that can receive 10 watts, Hashem can't give you 100 watts. Whereas a tzaddik who has a keli that's a billion watts, he can receive the full measure of light coming down from that beetle, the full measure of Torah. And there are certain times that are better suited for a Jew to experience this beetle. The times that are holier. For example, all of the holidays. Of which the top one is Shabbos. Shehu me'ain oilam haba. Shabbos is defined as a taste of oilam haba. Sheshom ikar habitul, and in oilam haba is the place where you have this real bitul. Kimavur b'seifat Torah, as Rabbi Nezal explains at the end of chapter sixty-five on the Kutimran, which this halach is based on. Shehabitul hanal hu bechinas oilam haba. Rabbi Nezal says there that when will a person experience this bitul for real? When we pass away, when we go up to Olam Haba, Bechinas Mashon Rabbi Sainas, what the Gemara says at the end of Tainus, Osid Hakadosh Baruch Hu Lasoyis Mochoy LeTzadikim Losid Lavoi, Hashem is going to make a circle, a circle and a dance for the Tzadikim in the future. V'chol Echod Mare BeEtzboi, and each Tzadik will point with his finger and say, Zeh Hashem Kivinu Loi Nagil. This is the Hashem that I was praying to, and everything. Ayin Shom, take a look at the end of chapter 65, then understand well that Rabbeinu Zalvir is describing this beetle which will take place on the highest level in the future, in Olam Haba, of which Shabbos is a taste of it. Because what a person experiences in that beetle is something that cannot be put into words, not verbally, and you can't write it. You can't put it into writing. But rather, it's each person according to what they feel in their heart. It's a certain kind of feeling that cannot be put into words. So that's in terms of times, now locations. And there's also differences in terms of place, location. And based on this, you could understand the incredible holiness of Eretz Yisrael. Because in Eretz Yisrael, you have Yerushalayim, you have the Beis Hamikdash, which is the place where a person could experience this beetle on the highest level. The most simple example of this is on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol, who went into the Holy of Holies. That's the holiest person on the holiest day going into the holiest place, and they're experiencing this beetle on the highest level. But every Jew that went into the Beis Hamikdash was able to experience this beetle on a certain level and to be able to draw the divine spirit of Hashem upon oneself 
על ידי התורה שממשיך משם בכל פעם. Through the Torah that we draw upon ourselves all the time when we're experiencing this Beetle. Vialkane, and this will explain why the Medrash says, Ain Torah ke Torah Seretz Yisrael. There is no Torah in the world like the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, a person should be able to achieve the highest level connection to the Torah. V'chol ador b'Eretz Yisrael, doimek mishyeshlolokai. And the Gemara also says at the end of Ksubas, a person who lives in Eretz Yisrael, that person has Hashem. And a person who lives outside of Eretz Yisrael, I don't want to finish the sentence, but that's what the Gemara says. Kishom daika zoichen laham shechal atzmoi elokus yisporach alidei habitol enal. Because it's in Eretz Yisrael that a Jew is able to draw this divine spirit of Hashem upon ourselves through this beetle, by experiencing this beetle. And the whole source, the main source of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael is the Beis HaMikdosh. That's where you had the Holy of Holies. That's where you had the original founding rock from which Hashem created the whole world. And it's via there that we can experience this beetle to nullify ourselves to the one and only, the earliest one who created the whole world, something from complete nothingness, total nothingness, which is something, again, that we cannot understand whatsoever. The world began from that rock, that special rock that was in the Beis HaMikdosh. As it says in Tehillim, From Tzion, from Yerushalayim, from the ultimate beauty, which is the Beis HaMikdosh, from there Hashem shone forth. From there He brought forth the world. As the Gemara says in Yuma, but unfortunately, due to our many sins, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. This this most desirous thing of our eyes, and we were exiled from our land. And we cannot go up and see and bow before Hashem in this choicest of places. To experience this beetle, and to join, to merge in this oneness, the oneness of Hashem. This is really what that whole mitzvah that it says on the three holidays that Jews are supposed to go up to Eretz Yisrael to the Beis Hamikdash for what? To see Hashem, to see and be seen by Hashem to experience this beetle on our level. And it's regarding this that we need to cry and mourn a lot, that we don't have this anymore. Our our joy, our circle, that circle which defines this ability to see Hashem, in a circle, there's no beginning and no end. The circle implies the oneness, the oneness of Hashem and our oneness with Hashem. That's what the message in that circle is. 
and today our circle was turned into mourning, and the joy of our heart has terminated, has been shut down. Rabbi Nusselal says, look at the word, the choice of words in Echavir. It says, it says, uh, this mochel that the Torah promises we're going to have in Olam Haba was converted into mourning. The mochel implies this beetle. It's from there, from the Beis Hamikdosh, that we were able to draw upon ourselves this beetle. Even in this world, before getting to Olam Haba. And that's the center of joy and celebration of this whole world. The center is the Beis Hamikdosh. And unfortunately, due to our many sins, as a result of the Churban, all of this got shut down. The joy, the Simcha, the world dropped. That's why there's a halacha that today, no music. No music, and especially in Yerushalayim, the Ashkenazic custom is that even at a wedding, no music, only a drummer that, you know. Ki orva kol simcha, because all joy turned into darkness. Ki ato koshem o'oid mo'oid levatel because nowadays it's very difficult for us to experience this beetle, machmas toikif ha-sitra because this, the powerful Sitra has spread throughout the entire world, which messes up our vision and causes us to be distracted, to be looking at all the distractions of this world and not be able to see, not be able to squint and close our eyes and see out of this world, see into the next world. It doesn't allow us to look at the ultimate good, the ultimate future, where it'll be wall-to-wall goodness. And this is the greatest suffering and bitterness and pain of the exile. When we talk about what's so bad about the Jews being in exile, this is what's so bad. This is what it's really all about. Any questions? A question, can I explain why the three, three lines, the three channels are not all the same length? We said one is long, one is short, and one is, a, the answer is when I find out, I'll let you know. It, it seems, it seems that the chesed is greater Chesed, chesed refers to expansion, opening up. So the channel of Chesed is the Orech, is longer, it's larger. The, the Gvura, the left one, is the whole concept of Tzimtzum, constriction. Constriction is less, less. And the Beinoni is Beinoni, it's in between. That's what I saw in the commentary on the Tikkun Ezoera. Regarding the 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 roish of the circle, is its center, but in a circle itself, in the circle portion of the circle, there's no beginning or end. 
there is no there is no beginning or end. That's what the circle implies. The circle in this context implies the oneness, complete oneness. Rab to just to finish up the paragraph that we just learned, as Rabbi Nezal discusses this in chapter 250 in Likud Imran, this concept of not being able to look at the tachlis, that the ultimate, that he says that the, the main suffering of Golos is the lack of das, that when a person has real das, they're not suffering at all, because they know that everything is good, they know that everything's really for our good and it's all good. And for this reason, we need to cry a lot. And, and the most important thing that we're crying about is the burning of the Torah, whereby the, the Arizal tells us, quoting earlier sources, that the secrets of Torah were given over, they fell into the hands of the Klippos, into places of Tumor. The Arizal mentions this in the pre Chaim where he speaks about Tikkun Chatzois and in other places. It's, it's amazing that this is being brought up now. In the news last week, there was major talk, never heard this before in my life. There's talk about there's a country called Sweden where there's people there who want to burn a Sefer Torah. And this was in the news, a major news item for the whole world to hear. The whole world needs to know that somebody got a bright idea of burning a Sefer Torah. And, and we know that in the kinois that we said on Tisha B'av, some of the kinois there were about this, this, this uh, ceremony that took place in France and in England, I believe, where they decided that this is the problem, the Jewish books, the holy books are the problem, and they gathered, they went into homes and took out all the, the Talmud, especially the Gemara, and made a gigantic burning in a public square. Imagine, this is human beings, but this is civilized human beings burning the Talmud, but you know, the, the best book in, in the world, that's what they're burning. And therefore, nowadays, we can't really draw Torah through this beetle process. Because the world is major, major confusion. The whole world is swimming in these taivos, in materialism. And this is what it says in Eicha. Regarding this, I cry. My eyes are shedding, spilling water. Because my consolation is far from me. Rav Nosanzal says, look at the wording, distant, we've become distant. Because the, that high place, that tachlis, that place of oneness, unfortunately now, has become the source of all consolation is far, far from us, because of the tremendous destruction. And it's for this that we have to cry a lot. What does crying do? When a person cries, the tears come out of their eyes, 
Shehem Chelke Horois, which is part of a person's vision. Part of a person's vision is leaving when they're crying. Kimuva Bidvorazal come upon him, as Rabbeinazal speaks about this in chapter 250 that we just mentioned, and in other places. And when a person is crying for the right reasons, when a person is crying over the Churban Beis Amikdosh, by crying, they're spitting out the, the looking into the whole materialistic world, the bad eyes, the bad vision. They're, they're throwing all of that out. That's what we're crying about, and that's what we're confessing. That we are the ones who caused all of this through our sins. We followed our eyes. Now, now that we're crying about this, by crying, we're ejecting from our eyes the, the negativity, the, 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 the place, the things we did wrong with our eyes, looking in the wrong places. And a person needs to cry so much to the point where, as a result of the incredible pain and bitterness that the person feels in realizing the incredible destruction that I caused with my sins, which are what's holding back the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdosh. The Gemara makes it perfectly clear that every day that the Beis HaMikdosh is not being built implies that if the Beis HaMikdosh were standing today, it would be taken down, it would be destroyed. So it's not that they did this thousands of years ago. We today, by ha- not having the Beis HaMikdash with us today, are showing that we today qualify for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. As the Gemara says, A person has to cry so much till they get to this state of beetle, self-nullification. Bechinas, as the Pasuk says in Eicho, Eini nigre veloi sidme, me'ein hafugos, my eyes keep going and they don't want to stop. Ad yashke ve'yere Hashem minat me'shamayim. And the Pasuk says, until, until Hashem will look down on us from heaven. So the crying isn't just crying. The crying is trying to reach a state of beetle which is going to bring a reaction from Hashem, that Hashem is going to shine His light down upon us. Because when a person closes their eyes like that, and doesn't look at all the distractions of this world, they're focusing only on the ultimate future, Hashem responds, by focusing his vision on us, by looking down on us. As the Gemara says in Chagiga, regarding those Jews who would go up to the Beis HaMikdosh, the Gemara says, that just like we come to see Hashem, we also come to be seen by Hashem, to have Hashem looking down upon us.
Vialkin, and therefore, Alidei Ha'avelus Vahatsar, through this mourning, and by us really experiencing pain, being pained by this, that mourning and that pain lead us to a beetle. This is one of the ways of getting to the beetle. It could be coming from a place of joy and happiness, or it could be coming from a place of mourning. This leads to simcha. As the Pasuk says clearly in the Navi, in Yeshaya, that all those who mourn the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash and the destruction of Yerushalayim will rejoice, will experience the joy. As the Gemara says, and note, it doesn't say Yire Besimchasa. It says, it doesn't say he will see the joy. It says he is Zoyche to see the joy. Make up your mind. What am I doing? Am I mourning? Am I sad or am I happy? The answer is both. This is a sadness that turns into joy. And this is a holy sadness, which is a springboard for joy and happiness. And Rabbein Azal shows us there in chapter 65 that Simcha is the vessel into which a person can receive that flow of Torah. And that's our greatest consolation. As it says in Tehillim, chapter 119, You want to know what my consolation is when I'm going through major suffering? Your words, Hashem, infuse new life into me, the Torah. And in order for all of this, a person to really, really experience this, they need to be connected to the true tzaddikim of the generation. We're talking about a very high level here. Who draw from the master of the field, who draw from the greatest tzaddik, from Rabbeinu. That tzaddik who has the ability to elevate all of us, to bring all of us to this tachlis, Shehem Iker Nechomos Yisrael, which is the real consolation for the Jewish people. Bebchinas, as it says, when Noyach was born, Noyach ish tzaddik, it says he was called Noyach because ze yenachameinu mimaaseinu umeitzvan yedeinu. This is the one, he's the one who's going to console us from all of our actions and all of our depression and all the negativity and everything. Here again, this is in the Chumash. The Chumash is a breast of Sefer. The Chumash tells us the importance of the Tzaddik. This is the one, him, can't do it without him, cannot do it on our own. We need that connection to the Tzaddik. And now Rav Nosenzal clarifies, paragraph Yutes, question, but how can we be so easily consoled after Tishabov, regardless of whether or not our efforts at Beetle have been successful? Unfortunately, it seems that it seems that just there's still no Beis HaMikdash, we're as far from the Tachlis as before. The answer is that this requires Emunah. It requires Emunah. Just like when a woman becomes pregnant, 
You don't see anything right away. You don't see anything for a few months sometimes. It generally doesn't start showing until after three months. Person would say, that's ridiculous. Three months, you tell me three minutes, I, three months you don't see it? Yeah, three months you don't see anything in many cases. So in Ruchni is also, the, the Gemara says, Yogato Motsoso Tamin. If you put in real effort and you succeeded, believe it, believe it. So Rav Nosson Zalvesson, one second, I don't get it. If I put in real effort and I succeeded, what's there to believe? Won't I see it? And Rav Nosson Zal says, not necessarily. This world, the world is called Oilam. Oilam means Ha'alama. In this world, one of the tricks that the Sotan is allowed to use for the sake of Bechira is that a person does not see their success. Person, just like a person gets up to bat in baseball, they, the pitcher throws a real fast ball and this guy trained for years to be able to hit that ball and he hits that ball really well. And he runs, he runs to first base, he runs to second base, he runs to third base and there he stops. You look at the scoreboard, zero. What kind of ridiculous, what kind of stupid thing is that? That was zero. I just did such a fabulous zero. It doesn't show until he comes all the way around, until he comes to home plate. And some, so in Lahavdal in Kedusha, this is one of the problems, this is one of the difficulties, one of the struggles, that a person puts in a lot of effort sometimes, and it seems as if they didn't achieve any success at all. And this is one of the reasons why we need the tzaddikim, because the tzaddikim are in the know. They know baseball, and they know basketball, and they know Hashem, and they know Ruchni is very, very well. And they can tell when we're being successful. And these tzaddikim tell us that when a Jew opens his mouth and prays to Hashem, there's major success there. They tell us even when he doesn't open his mouth, the Zohar Kodesh says when a person thinks a good thought, I wish I knew what I could do to get the Beis HaMikdash built. I wish I could do my part in helping this happen. Even if he thinks that, the Zohar Kodesh says, less re'usa tava de isavid. There's no such thing as a good rod sign that gets lost. That gets documented in heaven. They have x-ray machines, they have MRIs and IRMs, they are better than MRIs. They have machines that can measure your thoughts and they document every good thought, every good word, every good action that comes out. And Rabbi Nezal says, you have no idea, you can't imagine how much you're accomplishing. Then why isn't it here ready? What the world, what's going on? The answer is because there are billions and trillions and zillions of of obstacles, of sins that have been done, of blockages. So we don't know, we, we don't know the calculations, but the tzaddikim and give us encouragement, they tell us you're, you're achieving major success. If you fasted on Tishabov, and if you wanted to cry, even if you weren't successful, if you wanted to cry, and if you want to be part of this tikkun, you are definitely doing big things, big, big things. Question? Parifutes, Kiesh Beinyan Zeb Milchama Gedoila Vaatsuma. Rabnosal says, because regarding what we're talking about here, it's a major, major difficult war. Shehi Bechinas Klal Hamilchama Shiesh Lodomazeoilam. This is the war that a person has coming into this, living in this world. 
Because this is really the main reason why Hashem created us. That we should be able to merge with Hashem, with the oneness of Hashem, in a two-directional method, going all the way up there and connecting and coming back down. And it's through this a person will come to be able to recognize and know Hashem. And the term know also means love. Rav Zal brings this in several places. We have that Pasuk in Chumash where Hashem expresses his love for Avram Avinu and it says there, Ki yedativ, and Rashi says, Yedativ means I love him. I love him because I know he's going to be teaching his kids the right way. He's going to be teaching his kids so I love him. So this Yediyah is also synonymous with Ahava, with love. And the entire creation was for this purpose. As the Zohar Kodesh says in three words, begin the in order that we should get to know and recognize Hashem. However, all of the distractions and all the materialism of this world spreads itself out in front of our eyes and doesn't allow us to see past it, to see Hashem, to see the future. It's instant gratification. We say that's the disease of this generation, especially more than anything. It's like I press the button, I have to have instant response. If not, new computer, new wife, new husband, new instant. And they don't know that the whole secret of this world is that it's not instant. It's the ability to wait. And this is this is why all types of suffering come upon a person in this world, this world is full of suffering. Now, a person reading this, the Gemara tells us, one of the things that's killing so many people today is that people think that everybody else has it better than them. Everybody else is having a great life. I'm the one that's suffering. Nobody else. Or if they are suffering, not like me. Rav Nelson Zal adds these words here and in a lot of other places to make it perfectly clear that that's not the case. This world is mole yisurin. Rich people, poor people, smart people, everyone, everyone. Very rare, very, very rare that there's any exception to this. The hakoil, and what's all it is suffering for? What's the purpose of all of this? It's to bring us close to Hashem. It's to squeeze us, to squeeze us, to run to Hashem, to run to, to look for a solution, to look for this beetle. Just like it says, Uparoi Hikriv. Paroi, it doesn't say Paroi was approaching the Jews. It says Paroi brought the Jews close. Brought the Jews close to who? Brought the Jews close to Hashem. How? By coming after them with swords and spears and saying we're gonna we're gonna destroy you completely, that brought us to scream, to scream to Hashem. Also true, exactly. Is the plea simpler and not letters? Both. 
Here again, in Kabbalah, in Hasidus, many times different things are, are, it's all the same. Letters are vessels which contain Hashem's light. Simcha, joy and happiness, is a vessel into which Hashem's light can come. The Gemara says Hashem's light will not associate when there's no simcha, when there's no. So both are true. The letters are a display of the, of the divine light of Hashem. And simcha, a person in a state of simcha, is a vessel for the divine light of Hashem. I was told once in the park, you have a parking lot by a mutual friend, that the real essence of this is to try and serve, to have a relationship with Hashem while things are going good, so that when things turn, that you also are able to still have this, this relationship. Exactly. That's the merging, the Havdalah candle, me and Hashem. A person has to try very hard when things are good to, to pour it on, to pour on a lot, a lot, a lot, so that when things are going to become not good, they'll still be able to hold on, to put enough away in the savings account when things were going good, that they'll have what to fall back on when, during the bad times. But even a person who does experience some of this beetle, that you can't stay there. When you're living in this world, when you experience the beetle, you have to you have to come back down afterwards. And when you come back down, the obstacles, the negativity comes back stronger. Like two people who are fighting with each other, when one sees that the other one is starting to gain on them, the one that's down pushes with all of his strength to try to turn it around. Yes. As Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 65, what's the solution? What's going to help me? It's the Torah that a person draws down from there. <clears throat> but not every person is on a madrega like that. That when they come down from that beetle, they run into the Torah, they, they, they receive new chidushet Torah. There's one in a million that's able to shoot out gematrias every 13 seconds, new gematrias and new chidushim in Torah. The kimuvan shom, shemevi aposik, as Rabbeinus al say the posik, ashrei hagever, fortunate, fortunate is the person that Hashem tiasrenu, Hashem gives him suffering, and he gets he connects to the Torah afterwards. Kilav kolotam zeichlas, and not every person achieves that. Vialkein. So so so. Then what do we do? What do the rest of us do? Vialkein iker hatikun alidei hatzadik sheyochoy lohovies kolechod elatachlis. The main tikkun, the main solution, is dependent on the tzaddik, who has the ability to bring every single one of us to this tachlis, to take us up in that spaceship and bring us up to this beetle. Because the tzaddik is constantly bringing down incredible revelations of Torah, chidushe Torah, ulfan chadasanal, as we mentioned in the previous year, on the Pasuk Ushaftem Mayim Besos and Yeshua, that the Targum says, Ulfan Chadas, new knowledge, new knowledge. The Tzaddik is constantly drawing new revelations of Torah. 
על ידי גודל עצם האיסורים שמקבל לעצמו בכל פעם בשביל ישראל. And what's enabling the tzaddik to do this? The major, major suffering that the tzaddik accepts upon himself on behalf of the Jewish nation. He doesn't deserve to suffer. He didn't do anything to earn that suffering. He's doing it for our sake, to take away suffering from us and to enable him to bring down these volumes of Torah. To the point where the tzaddik is constantly bringing down these new revelations in Torah. To the point where he's able to shine into the hearts of every one of us. Even the smallest one. For us to be able to experience some of that light, some of that, that, that those sparks from the beetle, to the point where we little guys can experience this beetle in Ratzli Vashoiv on our level. To the point where we are able to experience in our minds some of this light of Hashem and the greatness of the Torah and the greatness of the Tzadikim. And this is our consolation. This is what consoles us and pacifies us from all the suffering. This is the Nachamu Nachamu that we read yesterday on Shabbos. This is the consolation. And this is what enables us, we're not the tzaddik, but being connected to the tzaddik, but we're receiving from the tzaddik, benefiting by that connection, we are also able to strengthen ourselves all the time to stand up to our tests about the distractions of this world, which, which come at us all the time stronger and stronger. As the Gemara says, Whoever is on a higher level, he has a higher level Yetzirah, a more powerful Yetzirah working against him. And the Gemara says, every single day, the Yetzirah comes back stronger. If not for Hashem helping us, we have no chance of success. In what form does this help come? How do we get this help? The Tzadik Emes. He is the pipeline from Hashem to be able to give us the assistance that we need to stand up to all the challenges and all the tests and everything. These tzaddikim are these wellsprings of salvation. As the Mishnah says in Perkei when the Mishnah defines a tzaddik, it says there that a person who studies Torah properly, a person who learns Torah lishma, becomes mayon hamizgaber v'nohor He becomes like a wellspring that gets stronger and stronger and like a river that doesn't stop flowing. That's how the Torah defines the tzaddik. Sheheim oizrim b'cholais. They're the ones who are helping us all the time. Alidei neflois chidushei toirosam. Through their wondrous Torah, when we learn their svarim, the likute moran, the likute, all of these svarim. Neged kol hakomim b'mishnat chamalim. 
to be able to stand up to all the opposition, all the challenges, all the tests that are coming at us, mikol tzad, from all sides, begashmius veruchmius, both on a physical level and on a spiritual level. Any questions? But if Simcha is a vessel for the divine light of Hashem, why there has to be so much suffering in the world? Why can't we serve Hashem just by having good things and being happy and grateful? The answer is because then there's no Bechira. It's written that our souls began in a place of all good and all joy and all wonderful. But that joy can't be more than a 90% joy or an 80% joy. Because the Gemara says that it's human nature. Man a person who's eating something that doesn't belong there. If somebody gets a gift, a free gift, they're ashamed, they're embarrassed to look into the face of the one who gave it to them. And Hashem didn't want us to have that shame. Hashem wanted us to have a Gan Eden that's total pleasure. In order for that to be, there has to be Bechira, good and bad. There has to be challenges. There has to be opposition. No pain, no gain. And, and a gain that comes from pain, through the pain, through the suffering, doing the beetle, following this procedure, this, this is what enables us to be able to achieve real Simcha, total Simcha, and draw these chidushei Torah, etc., etc. We should be zeichet to absorb what we're learning and the pain we had already. We we had the three weeks, we had the nine day, we had the tishabot. Now we're in the shiva and the seven weeks of nechama. Hashem should console us completely once and for all with the coming of Moshiach, a final consolation, the binyan of the third base mikdash, which will be permanent. Bimheira biameinu, amein v'amein. Shabbat Tov, Rabbi. Do we have time for a question? Please, go ahead. So we talked earlier about the great importance of finding these true tzaddikim. Yes. We have a barometer or advice of how to seek out these true tzaddikim uh, that are are uh, in our generation today. Do we have advice as to how to seek them out? Yeah, or exactly, advice or... The answer, the answer yes. The, the answer is the Torah. Yeah. The Torah yeah. is that book of advice. The Torah defines what a tzaddik is. This Mishnah, we just quoted like one line from this Mishnah that said that a true tzaddik is like a wellspring that doesn't stop, like a river that's flowing the whole time. The Mishnah there gives examples that it's someone who who is beloved by... beloved and loves Hashem and loves the Jews, and it gives a whole series of descriptions there. And the entire Torah is defining what a tzaddik is really all about. So it's a combination of, number one, learning all of that and praying very hard because we are in an oilam asheker. We're told that this world is upside down, that what, what looks important, what looks good in this world usually could be very, very bad, and what looks bad in this world, what looks cheap in this world, could be the most expensive, could be the most valuable. So we're given all kinds of guidelines in the Torah as to how to search. And again, the most, impo- most important thing is to pray very hard. Hashem, you're making it clear to me that this is the most important component that I need 
to succeed in Yiddishkeit. I need a connection to the tzaddik. Noach, Zeyanach, the Torah says clearly, this is the this is the Nechama. And in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, we just read the Ten Commandments yesterday. Hashem tried to speak to the Jews and he killed them. He murdered. Hashem murdered the whole Jewish nation. And he had to bring them back to life. And the Jews had to say, Hashem, stop, stop, don't do that. Moshe Rabbeinu, you talk to us because we can't receive it directly from Hashem. This is all in the Chumash, all mapped out very, very clearly. And with all the clarity, there's total unclarity. With all the clarity, a person needs an incredible schus to be able to find the true tzaddik and, and to be able to come close to the true tzaddikim. And again, the Likut Imran is a manual. The Likut Imran, every sefer of the Torah is a manual. But the Sforim of the tzaddikim are the best manual. You know, to teach us what a tzaddik is and, and, and how to come close to the tzaddik, etc. I hope. Perfect. We... Thank you very much. Good. A good day, a good week to all. Mitzvah